0: I watched that thing religiously, Uh, which I never got a chance to go to the parks as a kid. I didn't actually get to one of the parks
1: until I was
0: like, somebody's talking about me. It's not
2: working! The man's an Indian and he's an idiot! Sorry.
0: Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Okay. Use your mute button. (laughs)
2: Everyone's driving me crazy.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, all right. I'm going to back up so you can edit that out.
1: rust well if it isn't the star-spangled man with a plan what is your plan today up to neverland
0: take your pixie out of your pockets neverlanders sprinkle some of that pixie dust around think of that happiest thought and let's fly away to neverland I, of course, am your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. I'm here, of course, to be, well, your head lost boy. That's kind of what I do here. I am head lost boy in Neverland. My name, like I said, is Jeremy, but you may call me the Spider-Pan because, well, being head lost boy, that makes me the Pan, and I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and every lost boy has to have a nickname. So does every pixie. We don't have any lost girls around here because girls are too clever, and they don't get lost. Anyways, we've got some fun here on the show. I'm actually part of, uh, well, a couple of different new podcasts. Um, You might be familiar with Diz Radio, uh, hosted by Jonathan Johnson. I am a part of that team. That show has returned with... Halloween fun this week. He always thrives around Halloween, and so of course that show has come back. I am part of the team. I cover Disney history over there, so definitely go and check out that show. It is a, a great deal of fun. It's a really cool show. He has a lot of great guests on there. Also, I don't know exactly when this show is supposed to launch, but I'm going to give you a preview of it, but uh, I was, I've was i mentioned before like MouseCast. That I was going to be working with MouseCast well, this is going to be a new show called Mouse Talk that uh, is being brought around by the the head guy over there at MouseCast, Barry. So, Mouse Talk. I'm not sure when we're supposed to premiere this episode. I recorded all the audio. I have edited the audio together. I'm going to send it over to Barry. I guess <laughs> I don't know when he wants to launch this thing. We're supposed to be putting out one show a month. He'll explain a little bit more about what that show is about when we actually are going to hear the audio. I'm going to have that preview audio here for you, so you can check out a little bit of what MouseCast is going to be like, although mainly this is just all of us co-hosts kind of introducing ourselves. I'm going to have to basically rely on a lot of pre-recorded audio, probably for the next couple of months. I have something kind of exciting to tell you. Uh, It's, maybe you won't be that excited about anything in your own life, this is basically going to affect me, and as fans of this show, it's probably going to affect you a little bit too. My wife and I put in an offer on our first house this week, and it was approved. So we will be in the process of moving uh, the, the house. We close uh, the end of October, like October 28th, and then from that point on, we will begin the process of moving, and my wife wants to paint the kitchen, so I guess that has to happen first, but it's going to take up as much free time as I have which I have very little as it is, but I'm going to have to spend a lot of time moving into my new home, and I've picked out a room that will be my nice little new studio area to record the show from, make videos from, that kind of thing, Uh, but there's going to be a lot of activity, and I'm going to be super busy, so I'm not sure what's going to happen over the next couple of months. We may have to just miss a few weeks. I may have to just go on a hiatus just for my own sanity, because unless I can you know, record a two months' worth of shows here in October or something, uh, not likely uh, that maybe I can have enough shows for November. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Eric has thought maybe I could uh, recycle some of the old shows and replay some, but uh, that w- I would have to do some editing on those, because a lot of our old shows, you know, we did cover a lot of Disney news, so I don't tend to recycle old shows. Um, in fact, I have at, at points thought of, putting the old shows up for Patreon only, and then you know maybe not have the other ones available. I've toyed with that idea, a lot of different stuff. By the way, Patreon support will be more important than ever because I have a house payment now I've got to deal with, which is actually about $300 higher than the rent I've been paying. So uh, I've got to step up some things. I am looking to increase, uh, as you probably know, I work three hours a day at a radio station every morning. I'm, uh, I'm doing the morning drive time pretty much. Well, I'm looking to expand. I need to do more work than that. Right now, I'm driving with a company called Dispatch. It's kind of like Lyft and Uber, except for it's courier work. Um, and I've been driving with them. but So I end up spending like $100 a week on fuel for my car to drive my personal vehicle around to work with this company. And uh, I'm, I've am i been averaging making about $200 a week. So if you take $100 of that away, there's $100 weekly that we've got as an income. And that's pretty much grocery money for the week. So, I mean, I'm just living week to week off of that. And with, you know, considering I'm only making about $30 a day, it's really runs everything very, very tight. So I need to get another job and I could save us a lot of money by not driving all the time. Uh, fortunately at the radio station I'm work at, an administrative position has opened up. I'm going to try to get in on that. Uh, it is another part-time position for administrative assistant. They need somebody to answer phones. I can answer phones, <laughs> you know. So, But the nice thing is if you put that part-time work with the part-time work I'm already doing, that would turn me into a full-time employee, and I would gain some benefits and actual paid days off and sick days, which would be nice because I would like to have some pay, paid time off come around Christmas time. You know, that's kind of nice. Well, I mean, it's going to take a while before I earn a lot of vacation time, I'm sure. But that would also make it very convenient because I've already driven up. To, it's a forty-five-minute drive for me every morning to go to Cameron, Missouri, where I this radio station's at in a small town. It would be very nice for me to just work from there my entire day and then just come home. Uh, so the the boost in pay plus the le- lack of expenses could really balance things out for me. Although I have reached out to some other different uh, companies in the area. Uh, to do maybe some production on commercial production because I have done that now at the radio station. I need to update my website, my private, personal, uh, professional website would be the uh, right so right phrase for that. I've done ads for different companies in the area and for the Kansas City Renaissance Festival and things like that. So I've done some voiceover now for some ads that play on our radio station. Uh, and of course, with this other company that needs somebody who does that to do that type of production, that is an option for me maybe and when I finish my shift on the air because i I would like to not give up my on air position that I have, even though it's only three hours a day. Uh, I would you know, travel to this other company and start working on production there. Uh, I've also put in with a, yet a third company that needs somebody to be on the air for a drive-time show in the afternoons, which would also work out very well for me because then I'm on the air in the morning in one place, I'm on the air in the afternoon in another place, and I'm doing my dream work, pretty much. So there's also been some other uh, potential business opportunities. I'm working with uh, The Real Brian of uh, of The Real Brian Show. I've mentioned before, uh, we're working on some some potential opportunities that may open up for us. so life is really stressful and in transition and all kinds of things are going on with me all at once so I may have to take some time off I mean normally here launching into October I would have a bunch of themed shows for October but I really have not honestly had the time to think about what kind of things I would like to do for October other than uh, I was planning to have Jim Corcus come back uh, because he's got a new book, and also he wanted to talk to us about uh, the making of *The Nightmare Before Christmas*, and I think I would like to still try to do that this month. So I will still try to get that rolling, but I may not have as many episodes this month, and I might not have as many themed episodes. After all, how many times can I talk about the haunted mansion? <laughs> so you know, there's. Well, I'm working this out. I've got a lot of things I have to deal with, and a lot of things on my plate. That so, if you have some weeks that you don't see an episode, don't worry. It's not really the end of the show. It's just Me not really having time to present anything. And there might be some weeks where I just like, you know, I've got some audio of this. Uh, I've got some um, presentations that I have never shared with you at conventions and stuff like that, that you might just hear me transition straight into a convention audio. Uh, And I am planning upcoming, I did get to attend a Jeff Barnes, you know, the writer of The Wisdom of Walt and Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, Uh, he gave a keynote speech here locally, and I do plan on sharing that audio with you very, very soon. So that is upcoming, but I wanted to let y'all know what all is happening before we really get into some fun on this show. But I think that covers everything that I needed to get across to you, I wanted to communicate with you, um... Like I said, visit our Patreon page. The support there is more important than ever to keep this show going as I have to adjust for my house payment. My insurance is probably going to go up because instead of just renter's insurance, i got to get fire insurance and uh, hopefully not flood insurance. But, you know, I live in a tornado alley. I might have to have some good insurance for a tornado, which hopefully is not going to hit our house. This house has stood there. It was built in the 1960s, so it's been there a good long time, (laughs) so... But anyways, that's what's going on here. But uh, enough of me babbling on about this. Uh, I want to dive into a little bit of some interesting news that I found this week.
1: spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland.
0: So, the Main Street Electrical Parade is having its last day today. Uh, I I think they're supposed to have it maybe one more time, Monday night... Uh, the website's a little clear, unclear at the uh, the Disneyland.go because it says it was running from August 2nd to September 30th, but uh, it also mentions, like, one day left, last day September 29th. But by the time you hear, this will be the 30th, and I think they're going to have it one more time, but that's when, of course, they're going to start some Halloween parades coming up, of course, uh, for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which I guess they've moved that mainly into, uh, well, I think it's Oogie Boogie who's really running everything over in DCA. So, uh, but I expect they're going to have some sort of Halloween-style parade going on in Disneyland. That's what would be my thought, probably the Boo to You parade. That is what I'm expecting. I can't find anything that confirms that, but that is what I'm expecting. And after that, of course, they're going to move straight into the Christmas Fantasy Parade over in Disneyland that's going to run November 7th, on probably through Christmas. And then early in, in 2020, Mulan's Lunar New Year procession will come along into Disney's California Adventure Park. Uh, Now, of course, in Disneyland, after the Christmas parade and the holidays is all done with, I'm not entirely certain exactly what parade we're getting that's going to replace maybe in in an evening. I have heard that there's some new stuff in the works. Not exactly sure exactly what that is. But we'll keep an eye on it and we'll let you know when we find out a little bit more. But this, of course, is your last chance to see the Main Street Electrical Parade at Disneyland. I honestly thought they were going to keep it around a little while. But I guess it was just kind of a summer special. Well, that's okay. I mean, I'm sure you got a chance to check it out and enjoy it if you wanted to. I hope you did. I I wish I could see it. I would really like to see it. Uh, Something else I wish I would have liked to have been able to see was Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. But I have definitely missed out on that one. But there's this really nice jacket ...that they're making available. Uh, It's a spirit jersey at Mouse Gear, World Traveler, and the kiosk outside Port of Entry in Epcot... ...that is now available today. And it's got some of the modern Mickey artwork. Um, They're calling it a jersey. It looks more like a long-sleeve shirt. That's how it appears to me. But it's got uh, Mickey and Minnie on the back... With, uh, looks like some bits of the pavilions around Epcot. And then at the top, it's got the, uh, you know, the opening up dome that's the torch and it's got fireworks and it says illuminations on the back. It's very neat looking, uh, and a great way, I think, to commemorate 20 years of this show. Something else that's gonna be really new to you, uh, I think they've done some media soft openings this week, but, uh, officially launching up here today, Sunday, as I record this. And, uh, so it'll be active by the time you hear this. The Disney Skyliner transportation system. Is open and I have so far heard some fairly nice things about it that uh, it's turned out to be a great thing. And there's uh, some video up on the, the Disney Parks blog. If you go to their website uh, or, or to their YouTube channel for Disney Parks, you can watch some video. And it looks like it's very comfortable seating. Uh, and it looks like it's the, the glasses where you can see out and you get a whole view of the resort area. Uh, I've seen pictures on, on Instagram of ornaments. That that they have for sale that look like the Skyliner cars with all the different characters on there. I've seen Haunted Mansion ones and uh, just looks really, really great. And so it is open and people seem to really think it's going to be super neat uh, or that have written it. They've, you know, a lot of nice things have been said about it. So this apparently turned out to be very, very cool. And it's a great way to get around the parks and get a good different view. I don't think it's necessarily fast-moving, but you get to view the resort. And I almost wonder if you got onto Disney property, if you couldn't just ride the thing around a little bit, you know, even if you're not heading to go inside a park, just be on resort property and just park somewhere. It's like, I want to just come and ride the Skyliner. I'm wondering if that is an option. I I am not entirely certain about that, but I think that would be very, very cool to just come by and just ride the Skyliner, you know, just for a little bit. Um... also, keep in mind the uh, International Food and Wine Festival is still going throughout the rest of this month and that they have been promoting on the blog that there are events for kids to do during the event. So feel free to bring your kids over there, even though, yes, I know it's food and wine and your kids are not going to drink any wine, but your kids are going to like food. I Well, your kid might be picky and might not try everything, <laughs> depending upon your kid. But, you know, it's still definitely worth uh, bringing them out. And another just kind of a nice story is that Disney did give $100,000 to help bring arts programs to some youth at the Central Florida Community Arts during a weekly choir rehearsal. Uh, Apparently they've been doing this now for weeks. They're just finding different places to uh, give a grant uh, for a lot of different things around Central Florida. Uh, They've already done stuff through the McCormick Research Institute, the Covenant House, Community Hope Center... And uh, after school all stars. Uh, they're going to be doing this for at least four more weeks, uh, giving away some grant money uh, to various different programs in Florida. So, you know what? That's pretty cool and good on them. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with you. Okay.
1: The Neverland Trailer Park.
0: Yes, a new trailer dropped. And you've probably already seen this, but I, uh, I'm, I'm going to play the audio for you anyway. But we have a a full trailer now for Frozen 2. Far away,
2: as north as we can go, once stood an enchanted forest.
4: You've seen an enchanted forest?
2: Yes, it was a magical place, but something went wrong. Since then, no one can get in or out.
7: Wow, Papa, that was epic. What would I do without you? You'll always have me. Has Elsa seemed weird to you? She
5: seems like Elsa.
7: There's this voice. Voice? What does that mean?
1: Not safe.
5: Find who is calling to you. They may have answers.
8: I'm going with you. Anna, no. Excuse me, I climbed the North Mountain, survived a frozen heart, and saved you from my ex boyfriend. So, you know, I'm coming.
9: That's normal. Where are we? How did you get in the forest?
6: The mist parted for us. Impossible.
3: Where did you learn magic?
7: Elsa, get out of there! You can't just follow me into fire. Then don't run into fire.
5: Magic is very alluring. Without you, she may
3: lose herself to it. Protect Arendelle at all costs.
7: I believe in you, Elsa, more than anyone or anything.
9: Quick question Is the whole putting us in mortal danger going to be a regular
3: thing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have to say, this one got my attention. This is more like it. This kind of gives, because you know, when when they make a sequel, a lot of times I, I I'm like, okay, why are you making the sequel other than money? What it, what of the story it gives you good justification for a sequel? You know, some stuff you just know it's a franchise superhero movies. You just know it's a franchise. You just kind of expect it. And they really, with the Marvel universe, they have had a, a great ongoing story throughout. Films uh, with all these varying different characters. You know, you you knew it was going somewhere. It was very cool. We were watching the slow development of the Infinity Gauntlet and all that stuff. You know, and Star Wars, of course, is kind of a franchise. We always expect a certain amount of sequels. Um, Speaking of Star Wars, there was something I would like to maybe bring up, but I'm not going to, that Mark Hamill did something I think was pretty uncool on Twitter. And it's one thing that you have opinions on things politically or whatever, but he kind of did something that was... uh, uh, below the belt, low blow, kids are off limits kind of thing. Uh, but I, I don't want to get into it. I don't I don't like to focus on negative things in here. But that really, to me, hurt. Uh, I mean, I still love Star Wars, but wow. Um, yeah, I'm going to skip past that, though. If you would like to check into it, I'm sure that news is going to be everywhere. That's something that dropped today. But I try to ignore celebrities of what they do in their regular life unless I find out that they're doing something cool in their regular life. I, I really, I don't get into gossip things, and I, really, celebrities disappoint you with their personal lives all the time, so I just, you know, I would rather enjoy the entertainment, you know, although it's fun to interview some of them, you know, when they're especially the ones that don't get any notice, like, uh, voice actors and puppeteers that I don't think get enough attention for their, their craftsmanship. Anyways, um, but yeah, I was talking, let, let me get refocused here. So Frozen 2, you know, I, I, so far, you know, I hadn't seen anything that really got me excited to be like, okay, this still just seems like, hey, look, we're going to do more of a Frozen because we made so much money off of it, we need to na- make another one. But this one, presenting at least, okay, here is some general ideas of what we've come up with for an interesting story. And it's still left plenty enough vague. We don't know what's going on, but we've learned now about this enchanted forest and enchanted kingdom that, uh, Elsa and Anna's parents knew about. And I still think Elsa is actually from that kingdom. I think this is what they're going to find out. Something went there used to be friendly at, at, at one point, but something has gone wrong. And so there is some sort of evil at work. Apparently, hopefully we get a good villain and not a surprise weak villain like the first one, so it'll actually hold my attention the entire time, but oh, this one looked kind of fun and adventurous and exciting and more fun with Olav, and I, I'm I'm in. I even like that at one point we see all Anna was holding an ice sword, like a sword made out of ice. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, the one thing that I would have to have a question is, uh, maybe I need to go back and look at the frame where she, you see her holding it in the trailer, but she looks like she's holding this ice sword in her bare hands. Anna would get frostbite. Okay, I don't care how 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 much you can handle of cold. You're holding ice for a long period of time. You get frostbite. So, uh, she needs to wear some sort of glove so she's not in skin contact with it. So, I want to go back and look to see if she's wearing a glove. You know, and how nice of uh, Elsa to make on a, uh, an ice sword, I guess. But it's it's, it's kind of cool. But I, I'm i just thinking, you know, it's kind of important that you don't hold that with your bare hands for long. Because holding it for, you know, holding ice like that for too long, you're going to get frostbite. It's going to have an effect. But with this trailer it was much more exciting. I think it showed there's definitely, definitely more adventure than what maybe we've been previously teased at. Uh, so this looks like it's gonna be entertaining and I'm out I am now interested in seeing it to see what all they've come up with in this enchanted forest and uh, so I'm I'm in. I'm in Let's
8: take a ride out of Disney park. Let's take a ride right now. Oh, oh.
5: Welcome to the Avatar program. Soon you're gonna have a chance to undertake an amazing Navi Rite of Passage flying on the back of this powerful animal called Ekron or as we call it, a banshee. The way you're gonna do this is by being matched to something called an avatar. And I'm here to help you guys get ready. <laughs> but first, we have to scan you for a Pandora <laughs> right, everyone, stay on your number and move your arms a bit. Okay, start scan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you've all got them. <laughs> But don't worry, Uh, they're very common around these parts. Uh, Let's start the decon. Initiating GMR decon. Stay still over your number, you're not going to feel a thing. They're all
8: clear.
5: Great. Now let's go over how all this works. Like I said before, you're going to be matched to these things called avatars, which look a lot like the Na'vi. They're created by blending human DNA and Navi DNA. Once we match you to an avatar, thanks to a special link chair, your mind will be able to control that avatar. Using avatars to fly this way was all figured out by my boss, Dr. Jackie Ogden. She leads her science team, which is part of the Pandora Conservation Initiative. And we're here in the Valley of Moara studying Banshees and their environment. Over a generation ago, this enormous company called the RDA created a lot of damage to the area through their bad mining practices and conflicts with the Na'vi. Just like on Earth, it can take decades for ecosystems to recover. One way to understand what's going on with an ecosystem is to study what are called keystone species. These are animals like tigers, jaguars, seals. The Banshee is one of these important animals. Dr. Ogden is the foremost expert on studying the Ikron and has spent years researching them. Unfortunately, Banshees live high in rookeries and humans can't get anywhere near them without (laughs) becoming their lunch. But the Na'vi and Avatars can. In fact, the Na'vi have been riding on the backs of Banshees since their earliest history. Thanks to science, Avatars can ride on Banshees too. That's why you're linking to an Avatar. It was Dr. Ogden who restarted the Avatar program. It's because of her that you're able to go through this rite of passage today. Pandora is a breathtaking natural world. I cannot wait for you guys to see it for yourselves. So, let's get ready for our next...
7: Huh? Hmm. I'll
5: be right back. Put the standby system on, quickly. Okay. To get you flying on a Banshee, we need to find each of you an avatar. Um, let's uh, prep the genetic sampling. I'm Okay, um, first we need to find the compatible match of your genetic material with the genetic material of one of the avatar bodies that we already have. Once we do that, you'll be able to link to that avatar and uh, fly. <laughs> Help us out and move around a bit. Almost... Yes, got it. Now, let's find you, your avatar matches.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Alright, you've all been matched with avatars. Uh, ooh, looks like they're ready for you in the next room. Uh, when the door opens, please go inside, all the way in, and stand over the same number that you're standing over now. And, uh, and I'll see you in there.
1: Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Jackie Ogden from the Pandora Conservation Initiative. You're about to experience a ceremony that's very special to the Navi, flying on the back of an Ikran, or as we call it, a banshee. To the Navi, connecting to an Ikran and flying on its back is an incredibly important rite of passage they call Ikni Maya. With permission from the Navi and in partnership with Alpha Centauri expeditions, we can now bring this amazing experience to you. The way you'll be able to fly is by linking to an avatar that's already on the back of the Necron. Let's see how this works. We establish a link using powerful psionic amplification
9: equipment. A human driver is connected to an avatar which could be physically hundreds of kilometers away. When you follow our technician into the link chamber, you'll see a series of 16 link chairs. Please go to the number that matches the number you're standing on now. First, stow your gear in the storage containers on the back wall. This should include all bags, cameras, and other items including cell phones. It's important to push them all the way into the bin. Then get onto the chair as you would a bike. Straddle the seat, step forward, and sit down. Slide your hips forward until you are against the chest pad, and then move your feet all the way forward. Wait until you're seated before you put on your flight visors. Hold on to the hand grips as shown. It's important to hold on to the hand grips at all times. After you're seated, back and leg restraints will be firmly engaged. For your safety, throughout this entire experience, always remain seated
1: and supervise your children. Once the link takes place, you'll be connected to your avatar and sitting on the back of an Ekron. It'll feel like you're really there. Moments later, you'll begin your flight. A Navi guide will lead you out. You'll experience the breathtaking beauty of Pandora, but you might also face some of its greatest challenges. Some of this flight might be intense, but trust your guide and be brave. As the Na'vi say during this important rite of passage, Sivak Ho, rise to the challenge.
5: Good luck. All right, you ready? ready? Let's get you into the link chamber. All right, good morning, Conte It was great to have
4: you flying with us today. Two quick things before we head inside. Number one. You will be restrained at a height above the ground and secondly, the floor under you will be moving. If you're prone to motion sickness, or warm a fear of heights this is a great time to opt out. Is everybody okay to fly? Yeah. 8 you're, you're going to follow me in first, then 9 through 16, you'll follow number eight. Here we go. Attention
9: drivers, stow your gear on the back wall and then get onto the link chair the way we showed you in the video. Then put on your flight visors. For your safety, throughout this entire experience, remain seated. Lean forward, moving onto the hand grips, Supervise your children. Para su seguridad, durante toda esta experiencia deberán permanecer sentados, inclinarse hacia adelante agarrando las barras y supervisen a sus niños. Gracias.
5: Good job, everybody. Thank you so much.
4: Good job. Thank you. Excellent. Very good.
10: Your linking process will take place momentarily. Please remain seated, keeping those hands on the hand grips for me, and enjoy your flight. Arroyo.
9: up the
8: link chair, gather your belongings, and exit
3: the link chamber. To Disney and beyond! Oh. Hello and welcome to Mask Talk. I am your host, Barry, and our show is a little unique because we're going to be interviewing other podcast hosts and bring them on. and We're going to be talking about different Disney things, but tonight we want to go ahead and introduce you to our cast here. Um, we have a bunch of them on, so we're going to let them introduce themselves and uh, tell you uh, why they love Disney and what podcasts that they, um, they listen to. Uh, first of all, again, my name is Barry. Um, I am host of the MouseCast podcast. Um, what we do is we do both interviews, and we also talk about the latest Disney news and um, do whole whole bunch of different things to uh, get you engaged into uh, uh, the Disney community. So um, our slogan is uh, we are the... Um, the show where the mind meets the magic. So we uh, try to bring you into a little bit of not just Disney world, but also Disneyland and the other, um, the other parks uh, around the world. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy, Jeremy.
0: Well, uh, obviously, I'm Jeremy then, but uh, you may call me the Spider-Pan. I am Head Lost Boy in Neverland, which makes me the Pan. I'm also a big Spider-Man fan, which makes me the Spider-Pan because all Lost Boys and Pixies have nicknames. Toodles doesn't hang around anymore, by the way, just in case you're wondering. He lost his marbles. But uh, So basically when you come to Neverland, Pixies pick out a name, and no, we don't have lost girls because girls are too clever, they don't get lost. But uh, I host Neverland to Disney and beyond, formerly just known as the Neverland Podcast. You can still find our website at neverlandpodcast.com, uh, but I needed to, to make the show a bit more specific, so that's why I added the uh, the subheading to it, so when you go searching for us, uh, if you if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, you can find where to find us. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google, we're on Stitcher, we're everywhere. Uh, I even have, of course, a YouTube channel that is under Neverland to Disney and Beyond, where I post uh, gaming videos occasionally and other fun videos, topical things pop up there. I also have my personal YouTube on Spider-Pan, so I'm kind of everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter, NeverlandPCast. Uh, I believe Instagram, uh, I'm under the spider pan as well, but uh, I I put up some pictures here recently of of my adventures in ToonFest in Marceline, Missouri, uh, where I I visit every year. That, of course, for anyone who doesn't know, is Walt Disney's boyhood home, and that place is magic. Now, uh, my Disney fandom kind of goes back to being a little kid and watching the Disney Channel and sitting there watching Donald Duck Presents and watching the old classic cartoons, watching all of the animated movies, and I think the one that really first struck me as fantastic for the animated was uh that i got obsessed with was little mermaid in 1989 but i never got to go to any of the parks as a kid and i didn't make my first park visit until i was like 32 years old uh and that i call it kind of a life-changing experience uh because there's one thing of course to be a fan of the films and the animation and love all that Uh, But going into the parks is a completely different experience. Uh, But I only have one park visit to my namesake back in 2009, the only time I went, and it was on somebody else's dime. I'm one of those people that I'm poor, I can't afford to go, and they keep, you know, pulling the carrot further away on the stick here lately with the prices. But I will get back there, and my wife has never been, so she doesn't fully understand the sickness. Uh, So I I started a podcast mainly because I used to record myself as a kid and I always kind of dreamt of being in radio. So I started making the podcast, not necessarily intending to create a Disney podcast, so we do go outside Disney every once in a while if you listen to the show. Because uh, we're we're topical, I'll do a little bit of news, but mainly topics. Because we're just fans of all the different stuff. Basically, I knew knew I was a Disney podcast when Disney bought everything I've always loved, like Marvel and Star Wars and everything. So if they if they go and buy Doctor Who and Star Trek, I'm going to just tattoo Disney on my forehead because they just own it. So <laughs> that'll be the end of it. So. <laughs> But yeah, so that's I've, I've kind of got my obsession to go a little bit further. But I still I focus a little bit more on uh, the more the entertainment side. But I'm definitely more of a fan of classic Disney than I am. And so I still like some of the modern Disney, but I, I love the classic stuff even more. The definitely the Walt era and uh, some of the years after that is still some of my favorite. Uh, I mean, I'm still completely enchanted within five seconds of watching Pinocchio. When you look at all the clocks, I'm just completely enchanted by that movie. You know, so. I love classic Disney and I enjoy modern Disney, but it's not always as good. They, it's it's really hard to live up to one of the, the things that Walt created in his lifetime. So anyways, but I also am fond of babbling and so I will just keep going. So I'm going to stop.
3: <laughs> All right. All right. Let's turn it over to Ty. Ty, why don't you uh, go ahead and let people know about you.
4: Hey guys, I'm Ty. <laughs> uh, I'm a, Very proud, Texan, and I'm one of the the three hosts of the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Um, You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, I've been a Disney fan for, heck, as long as as I can remember. I'm only only 35, but as as long as I can remember, I've been a Disney fan, whether it be watching the movies or going to the parks. I've only been to the parks three times, and my last trip was 2009. But that ha- that has not stopped my love for Disney at all. Big fan of Disney movies, and then as as soon as Star Wars and Marvel came under the Disney cloud, I was like, oh, I'm 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 done. Disney take my money whenever you want. But yeah, and but. At the risk of rambling on, I'm gonna stop right there though.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, All right. There's nothing wrong with rambling. I'm good no. at it.
3: <laughs> All right, let's turn it over to Kim. Kim.
7: Hey guys, it's Kim Picciano. Um I am a reformed non Disney fan. Um <laughs> so I went to Disney when I was a kid. And I loved it, of course. But as I grew older, I really was not a huge Disney fan. I didn't watch a bunch of Disney movies at all. I met David, my husband, who's on Barry's other podcast. And um, it was about eight years ago. My husband was a huge Disney fan, and we had our son, and my husband wanted to go to Disney. And I was like, ugh, I want to travel the world. I don't want to go there. I had no interest. I, I thought it's all fake. I really had a bad view of. Disney I liked it as a kid there was things that I loved as a kid but um we went and my son has autism so I was a little bit nervous about how Disney would treat him how he would welcome Disney um and if he would get it you know if you're an autism parent or a parent of special needs you sometimes don't know if your kid is going to react the way other kids react or want that and it, and I didn't want to be disappointed Well, I wasn't. Um, We went and just everything that they did in Disney changed my mind as to how they treated him, how they accommodated him. He was four and a half. And I'll never forget the first thing that just got me was um, him meeting Mickey Mouse. And I thought that maybe my son wouldn't care, wouldn't get it. He got it and he hugged him so, like this huge hug. And all the memories came back to me. Um, And I realized that this is a amazing you know and it was it was a great trip and um there was other things that happened during that trip too that just i don't know re-established my my wonder and the magic of disney and mostly with my son and my husband and we all had a great time and it was actually the first vacation that we had in a long time that we could all relax because we would always go to the beach i love the beach we're from new jersey we have great beaches here and my son loves the beach but it's a hard it's hard to keep him at the beach entertained. He's running around. I'm always um, building sandcastles. I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And even though at Disney, at the end of the day, you're tired. In Disney, he was tired. Like he, like it, he was entertained. And my husband and I could have a drink at the pool or relax, and um, it was just great. So since then, we've been hooked, and we've became DVC members shortly after, and um, we started our own Disney group. Um, now that's Disney uh, a couple of years ago and it's everything to us now, all three of us, me, Fulton, and my husband. So we we just love it. And that's where we're at. I'm a teacher, I teach first grade and I'm a crafter. I make stuff. So um, I'm busy and we live in New Jersey, so we don't go maybe twice a year. We're lucky. Usually once, definitely once a year for a good long trip, like 11, 12 days. And uh, that's me, him. That's it. Uh,
3: uh, all right. Thanks, Kim. Um, let's jump over to Don.
2: Hi. I'm the one that screamed because I have a three-ring circus over here. Am I off? Okay. I have a three-ring circus over here, and my son's ordering DoorDash, and I'm a one, one-woman one show, so I'm doing everything by myself and working two jobs. And so I got a little frustrated because we ordered DoorDash about an hour and a half ago, so and it's not here. And I don't care, but he's mad at me and saying, where's the food? <laughs> so, as to why I like Disney, and you can edit all that, but I um, I grew up in Florida. I've been to Disney World, Disneyland, um, both of them. Disney World, uh, I, I would say close to 100 times, maybe more. Um, I have another home there, so I try to go as much as possible. I'm not a big fan of Houston, so I i don't like the fact that we don't have a theme park or anything that really brings families together in the city so i try to bring my family uh, as often as i can um epcot is probably well epcot and magic kingdom are probably my favorite parks i do have a special place in my heart for disneyland since that's where walt uh, originally uh, went and i've done many of the tours uh, there as well as disney uh, world um, I've ran a half marathon at Epcot for the food and wine. Let's see. I've been to Chicago to the home where Walt was born. I've done the, uh, fire station on in Walt's footsteps tour. So I've done a lot of the things that I haven't seen Marceline. I did go to the candy shop, though, at downtown Disney and Disneyland, uh, Marceline candy shop. Um, that's as close as I've gotten to his hometown and then, well, his act, his second hometown. And then, um, oh, one thing that was really fabulous is the carousel in Griffith Park um, in California. That's where he actually uh, got the inspiration to build uh, a theme park before any of it was ever done. And I guess you, if you know the history, you would have uh, found that out. So I rode that carousel, and they have a – has anyone else ridden that, by the way? Um, they no. have – when you're there, they have a, um, a section – after you get your ticket, they still have a paper ticket, which I love. It's very nostalgic. Same wooden horses preserved with an organ playing. And then um, when you get your $2 ticket, that's what it was when I was there, um, they have a section that has the bench that he sat on and uh, pictures with him. And, you know, the maybe the first picture of uh, Disneyland when it was the grand opening, that kind of thing, and a little bit of like a little miniature museum, if you will. Um, And then just riding the carousel, knowing that he, you know, that was the inspiration. I I was crying. My kids are like, Mom, you're so crazy. But it was just very emotional to me that that, you know, you park, you walk through the park and you see the awning of the carousel and the fact that it took, you know, he sat there and watched this and thought, I wish there was something I could do with my kids and my family and parents could actually enjoy it instead of just sitting back and just was moving to me anyway i'm babbling so that kind of got me um to realize how important it is to find something to do uh to bring your kids and have that special time with them and you'll never you know forget it it's memories you're building that last a lifetime
0: hooray for babbling (laughs) sorry all right I'm,
2: i'm putting it on um speaker now
3: off all right, let's jump over to uh, Kara. Kara, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
8: Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Kara. That's my handle on Twitter, and that's my YouTube channel name. Um, I am a Disney travel agent, so um, I'm actually a travel agent for everything, but we specialize in Disney. So on Facebook, it's Simply Magical Vacations by Kara. And hmm. uh, so I go frequently <laughs> to all Disney destinations. Um I've been to Disney World six times this year. I've been to Disneyland once so far this year, and I've been on a Disney cruise um, in the last couple weeks. So definitely enjoy going to Disney destinations. Um, I enjoy booking other people, you know, to go to Disney destinations. And so um, Disney is just one of those places where uh, excellence is in the details. And so the more that they focus on being excellent, the better it is for everyone. Um, and so I just enjoy helping people make simply magical memories. So that's, that's my passion.
3: Nice. All right. And, um, also joining us, uh, to help us on the podcast is the great folks of, uh, Disney history on one and joining us tonight is Mark. Mark, why don't you tell us about what you guys are up to?
10: Okay. My name is Mark. I'm a Disney History 101 producer. Uh, my wife, uh, Beth, and I run an online museum called DisneyHistory101.com. We like anything Walt era, uh, television shows, attractions, and films. Um, personally, I'm a historian, uh, an archivist, and producer of shorts starring field guide Beth. Um, you might notice her in a, in a red vest and plaid. She's not an actual tour guide, um, but she is pretty knowledgeable about things that have to do with the Walt Disney company and uh, certain Disney parks. Um, she very well could be a tour guide. Um, she's very interested in, uh, in preservation. She has a passion for people oriented stories. So those are the types of things that you'll hear her reporting on from time to time at Disney history, 101com um, We do have a YouTube channel. We are on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, we collect, a lot of uh, vintage images of the parks um, you might want to check out some of our vintage views there of uh, things from Florida things from California and also from the studios um, as far as our films and our shorts uh, they're divided into two categories we report on people and places that are relevant to Walt Disney his life his work and his legacy um, the people shorts uh, as far as those go we interview actors actresses artists authors that are affiliated with walt disney studios and walt era parks um i don't know if you've heard of uh dave bossert who wrote a book about oswald the lucky rabbit um last year or mindy johnson who wrote a book called the women of ink and paint um or marcy smothers who wrote a book called eat like walt well we had the opportunity because of our location here where we live to interview them and and pick their brain about some content and things to look forward to in their books um and we've build up a nice relationship with them. We also interview artists and actors, former performers in the parks. Um, We just had the opportunity to interview three former Matterhorn climbers from the 1960s. And it was interesting because it was a a reunion. So we got to bring them back together, and they were so inspired by it that uh, they went off and they climbed, uh, well, they headed to Zermatt this month. (laughs) It's kind of cool. Yeah, they were like in their 70s and they're headed to Zermatt. So we're like looking forward to getting updates wow. as far as where they've gone and what, mm. where they've, uh, who they've met um, places. This is very important, but we support local museums, nonprofit 501 C's and private collections that preserve Walt's uh, life's work and his legacy. Um, we do a lot of traveling in order to present these stories. And uh, we touch upon mainly lesser known Walt centric secrets and locations. Um, so we've been to the, uh, the um, carousel that you mentioned the the Spillman carousel that inspired Walt to uh, build Disneyland um, but we've been to all sorts of other places this past year we went to Arizona, Texas and several areas in Northern California over the past few months um, so that's pretty much it um, that's DisneyHistory101.com my name is Mark and uh, I look forward to joining you here in the future thank you
0: and I thought your name sounded familiar. I and mean, when you mentioned Disney History 101, I was like, oh, that's why I know your name. Okay. Because I know I've been following you all on Facebook. I think I you all have a podcast, too, don't you?
10: No, no podcast. Uh, this is actually uh, untapped water for us, but um, we're looking forward to it. We like oh, man,
0: okay. People. I think it was going to be Disney History Institute I was thinking of. Yeah. They have a good podcast, too, Yeah,
10: oh, history. Yeah. And a good Facebook page, too.
3: <laughs> right. Alright, so you've met uh, the majority of our, our group here, and like I said, uh, our, our goal and our aim here is to, uh, to bring the Disney community, um, especially podcasts, uh, together to come and talk to each other um, about different Disney things. It may be a topic, it may be the latest news that's going on. Uh, It'd just be interesting just to pick the brains of, of those other people who are, are out there in the podcast community and uh, see what their thoughts are for um, just what, whatever's going on. And our, our hope is that you will find um, our podcast entertaining. Um, one, one little uh, special thing about this podcast is, is that it's a monthly podcast, so you're only going to hear us once a month. Um, and that gives us enough time to uh, find uh, podcasters to come on to want to talk with us and to get it out to you so you can enjoy it. So um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show and I am thankful uh, for all the co-hosts here that are here tonight and I'm excited to do this and I hope they are too and until next month, uh have a great day bye
6: bye 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 bye
0: Bye. thank you for listening to the neverland podcast
6: we invite you back next week for more fun and adventure
0: until then remember to keep a pixie in your pocket
6: it's that young at heart positive attitude that you can share with others